transform us. And so I'm excited to dive into a new series today. We're starting a new series called Relationship Olympics because today is the Super Bowl, so that's kind of where, where we're rocking the. Uh, but we're also starting the Olympics this week. Super Bowl will be over today, and we'll have Olympics going for a couple of weeks. And so uh, we're just going to be doing a series on relationships, right? Um, just going through different aspects of, of the relationships, the internal journey that we, we have um, with our relationships. Relationships kind of affect everything. I think that's one thing that makes Jacksonville. Uh, so unique and so challenging is that, like, you probably sit on a row with someone that you live an hour from. <laughs> like, tr- like, true or, or not, and, like, if you're in the middle of the week, like, trying to connect with people, so thank God for technology, we can text and we can, you know, Facebook message, and, but, but even that, it's like, so, it's so kind of distant, and I, I just see the highlights of what you want me to know in, in tidbits and genuine relationships um, it's something that is kind of anti-American these days. Uh, we're very individualistic. Um, and, and we talked about this a, a little while back, uh, a little more, but, but we're going to go into a full series just on relationships. And, and I just believe that relationships can completely transform your life. I mean, the, 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 there's a quote that goes around that says, like, you're like the average of the five people, like the closest people that you surround yourself with. Have you ever heard that before? It's like you're like the average there, and so I don't, I don't really know what that quote totally means, but I'll let you explore. But I think it's meaning more than anything that relationships matter in our life. Not only do they, that should they matter to us, but um, we, should, we have to be really intentional about them in the 21st century, especially in Jacksonville, Florida. We have to be extremely intentional about them, or we're going to wake up one day and realize how bad we needed relationships and need them in this moment, and we will have not created a path where they're in our lives, and then we'll feel really, really lonely. Um, Because if you're anything like me, I've had many, many a day where I needed somebody to call me and encourage me. I needed somebody to call me when I was acting a fool and thinking stupid. Uh, I needed people to be there for me. And what we're hoping to do around here is is just really have a a real community that's there for one another, just doing life together. It's not just this religious Sunday church thing, but like we're there for each other Monday through Saturday. We're doing life with people. And so if you're here today and, and you kinda, you've been running solo, you've been playing golf by yourself, uh, I want you to know that, that this thing of following Jesus, he sent them out two by two and that no disciple is supposed to be walking alone. That you're supposed to be doing it with other people. You don't have to do it with everybody in the room, but there's somebody in this room that, that you are supposed to be doing life with and creating a genuine relationship uh, with. I heard this quote a long time ago. It was really a quote from Jeb Bush where Jeb Bush said he was a self-made man. I just let that process that for a second. If you know anything about Jeb Bush, like he said he was a self-made, he, he literally grew up with the president of the United States, like silver spoon to a T in his mouth. They were very wealthy. Self-made man. All right, love Jeb, like, love you, bud, but you're not a self-made man. And, and I think even we, uh, we get in this place where, um, I don't know if you're like me, but I struggle, particularly with, things associated with my car. So when I accomplish something and I do something, I walk away, like when I changed my brakes for the first time, I felt like a complete champ. I was like, yep, self-made man. Put that on <laughs> by myself. Didn't have to call Marcus, didn't have to call Josh, didn't have, have to reach out to someone who was way smarter than me on car stuff, but I felt so, it was really pride in me because the truth of the matter is that I had watched YouTube video like 20 times <laughs> I wasn't self, I didn't even do the tire, the brakes myself. I'd watched YouTube 20 times. So even when we feel like we're doing it by ourselves, we're, we're, we're not. 
And um, the heart of the scriptures and Jesus' plan for our life is not that we become so independent. And I think that's where a lot of us are in kind of our American upbringing is we are independent people. Like I see it in my kids, we are independent. Some of us, by personality, we're extremely independent. But the, the, the life that God has called us into is not one of independence, but of total dependence. Total dependence on him and total dependence on the body of Christ. Paul talks about this whole idea of the body of Christ so that we'll understand spiritual dependence on one another. That we can't well up in pride and think that we've got this on our own because we're going to need each other along this journey. The hand's going to need the foot to get around and the heart's going to need the lungs to keep that blood pumping. And so Paul uses this idea of the body and each of us being different parts that work together. And so we're not going to be deep diving on kind of uh, Paul's teaching on that. I actually want to move to a different text here in Philippians chapter 3, and you can turn there. We're just going to look at a few verses, and we'll keep coming back to them. Keep coming back to these three verses, uh, because I think it kind of goes along with this Olympic theme and some of the things that God wants and I'd say wants to do, and I'd say for some of us in the room, we actually we need, we need this more than what we can even realize. Uh, Philippians 3, beginning with verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, just to let you know. If you know who Paul is, he used to be called Saul, and the reason he decided to start going by a new name, because in his quote-unquote old life, um, he was this like super zealous Jewish guy who persecuted Christians. Like, he killed Christians. He was like, come on, he's like ISIS. Yo, wrote most of the New Testament. Like, grab a hold of that for a second. (laughs) He was walking just kind of in his daily travels, and God, like, showed up in his life, and he was like, whoa, that, he blinded him, and God just showed up, and he had an encounter with God that changed his future. And so he's coming at this place from a place of humility. Like, I come this morning, like, look, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not Mr. Perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been there. Is there anybody else's testimony in the room? I've been there. Not that I've already attained all this or I've arrived at my goal, but, but I press on. Press on to take hold of that which, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I'm just going to grab a hold of what Jesus has already done for me, and I'm going to begin to walk into that mindset. I'm going to press into that. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind, I strain towards what's ahead, and I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. I think there's so many things in here. We get into the Olympics here. This mental, I think there's so many things that we get with a, a champion's mindset in here. There's humility. I'm not going to, I mean, tonight, right, it, you would think many times with the Patriots. Like the Patriots have won, how, how many, I mean, six going on seven Super Bowls between Belichick and, and Brady. Is that right? Is that the correct? Or five going on six? Sorry, yeah. Uh, spell check right in here. Fact, fact check right here. Why fact check? Um, going on that, but they keep showing up. And like even the Jags, like this, you know, with the past uh, two weeks ago, it's like you would think they keep underestimating their opponent, but they never do because they've got really good coaching that is there for them and they keep a champion's mentality that no, we're hungry to win. And there's this sense of humility that I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep pressing on. I think we hear this determination in his voice. Because just like in your life, you've had whispers in your ear that said, just quit. Just quit trying this whole God. Just, just quit. 
Like, just give up. It's, it's too hard. You're too flawed. You're too broken. You can't be, like, you've had all these whispers. Just like Paul said, no, dude, you killed Christians, and now you're trying to speak life into them? I'm sure he had all these whispers, and, and to be able to say, no, I've got to press past that. I've got to press past the, the, the ones that will tell me to give, it, give in. I, and I think of the Olympians who, who, man, how many hours do they spend? I mean, most of them spend their entire life, hours and hours. It's like more than what you spend in a full-time job. They spend doing figure skating a week, you know? Uh, it, it's incredible of, of the commitment there and the determination to not give up. And sometimes we're a little bit soft on that determination. Uh, and it's not a determination that comes from ourselves, but it's because of what Christ did. We can press on because Christ pressed on. And he said, not my will, but yours be done. I'll, I'll go to the cross to show your love for them that they might know life and they might know it abundantly for us in this room today. I think we see this victorious mindset, like I'm going towards the goal. Like it's, there's a champion's mentality in Paul that he's not going to quit. He's going to keep going. Uh, there's so much here, and I, I want to begin to unpack this, uh, by just transition and begin to, to talk about really the teammates we need in our life. Right? We're not playing golf in life. We're, we're playing, it's a team sport. Like It's more like football than it is golf, that we're doing this together as the body of Christ. And so I want to talk about just the teammates that you're going to need in your life. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll kind of reference some Olympic sports that are kind of team sports and kind of keep this theme going throughout the month. But um, just a few things here. I want to keep coming back to this text here in Philippians 3. First, we need teammates in our life um, who are going to call us out when we miss the mark. Who are going to call us out when we miss the mark. Um, there's this Olympian, her name's Ashley Wagner. Does anybody know her? Anybody follow the Olympics? So she's been a, an Olympic figure skater two seasons in a row, and she's been like a three-time Olympian, I, I think, um, from, from what I remember. And coming into to this year's Olympics, she would be like the most decorated and be like the most popular name that you would know. You know, like when it comes around every four years in the Olympics, you're like, wait a second, I think I remember that one. I remember that one. She would be that one this year. And last uh, Olympics in, where was it, Beijing last time? Uh, in Beijing, she, she you almost missed it because the way it works is they have like American kind of qualifying championships and, and the easy way to do it would be take the best three that win that competition and they send them to the Olympics, you know, um, but that's not always how it works. You know, last time she actually placed like seventh or eighth, um, but because of her whole resume, they actually sent her through and she performed pretty well. And this time, she, again, being the most decorated, the most popular one coming into this, this nationals, um, she fell short. She placed fourth. The one that everybody thought was going to be there, she placed fourth. And, and after the fact, um, they were interviewing her, and she, was, she wasn't just um, kind of upset. She, was, she said, I am, her quote is, I am furious. I'm furious because I put it all out there. I did absolutely everything I could and I'm furious about it. And uh, they later interviewed a judge, one of the, the judges, um, judging her long and short programs in figure skating. And he said, when Ashley reviews the film, she, she's going to see that her, her spin at the end of her, her long performance wasn't perfect. And when she reviews her short performance, performance she's going to uh, realize that uh, that wasn't her best either. There was, there was some critical mistakes in there. And she felt that she'd done it right, 
Um, and, and I don't know, do you ever, um, when you ever watch the Olympics and someone makes a big mistake? You ever, you ever do that? And they come off and, and their coach grabs them and you want them to just be encouraged. I mean, sometimes they do that, but sometimes they're like, no, no, this is like what you did wrong and you actually need to fix it. With her, had all this kind of momentum going in thinking she's going to be there and it was a heart-breaking truth that she was going to have to face that, that she, she missed the mark. And let me just tell you, you, you need some people in the body of Christ. You don't need everybody. And not in a judgmental way, but you need people who are going to call you out when you miss the mark. I need that in my life. I need people who are going to call me out and be like, hey, you're missing it here, man. You're missing it here. For every story of victory, there's a story of, of failure. There's a thousand stories of failure. For every story of victory, we hear in the Olympics. And, and the, the good news is that Jesus actually gives us a way to handle failure. For us to not just handle failure personally, but how are we supposed to handle failure? Missing the mark. And I'm not just talking about like a failure in, you know, um, you know, some life instance, but spiritual kind of failure. Like we sin, we fall short of the glory of God, which Paul says in Romans 3.23, every single one of us falls short. So it's not a matter of if you will fall short, it's a matter of when you fall short. And so for us to be there for one another, call this out, it's actually a responsibility to one another is to call that out. But it takes a couple things. Let's read what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. He says this, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. So Jesus is given a practical on how do we do this. Pastor, I actually saw this YouTube video one time brutal. There's this pastor, this, this old school pastor, and, and he's up on stage, and he just starts laying into his congregation, like, publicly. Have you guys seen this video? It's insane. Like, he's like, yep, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and you, and he's like, just calling people out, and like, most of us, we would never, ever go back to that church again, but that's what he's doing, and he, I'll just tell you, he, not only was he not operating in love or in grace, but he wasn't fulfilling what Jesus was asking us to of how to handle when we fall short. He says, do this, go privately first, right? And I encourage you, men with men, women with women, don't be getting private with somebody that's not your, your spouse, um, fellows and, and ladies. Um, but go one-to-one and, and, and say, hey, um, bro, I, I know you don't think, you probably don't see this. You probably think you did the spin perfectly. Um, but, and I, I love you. I hope you know that I'm, I'm not coming here because I've got it all figured out. I'm coming because I love you, and you, you may not see this. And so I hope you can receive it in love because I'm giving it in love. Um, but, but you missed the mark here. Like, this is what God's Word says on it. Um, and I know you're struggling through some different things with that. I, I, I get that, and I see you, you're, you're working through that temptation. But I want to I be here for you, and, like, I'm not— I'm not going to stop loving you. Like, there's grace. Like, there's grace upon grace upon grace for your shortcomings. But um, I just want you to know I'm here for you. And, and I just, do, do you see that? You know, do, do you see what, what I'm seeing, like, in the Scripture? Do you see why that's a, a problem, you know, biblically? I mean, I hope in this room, like, if someone came to us, and, and I hope I came in the, in the right spirit there of just love and humility and, and grace upon grace upon grace and and not that I've got it. I hope that if I was in that position, I'd be able to receive that. But most of us, what, what will happen is we'll actually get mad first, right? We'll be like Ashley Wagner until we see the footage. Like, roll that instant replay. We love the instant replay in football. But in our life, you know, it, it would be kind of depressing sometimes. Like, yeah, I missed it as a dad then. You know, I missed it as a spouse on that day. Man, I missed it as a pastor 
um, that day. But I, I think there's something within us that, that really for, for that to work, for what Jesus lays out here, he says if that doesn't work, then take one other person with you, one or, or two people. I think it's a, it gets a little bit overwhelming. You add whole people, you know, a lot more people. He says bring one other person, just someone that they're going to trust and they're going to respect, not Joe Schmo, but somebody they're actually going to respect. Come along. But hey, I came to you like a month ago, man. And, I, and I'm not calling you out because I'm judging you. Um, but I, I brought... I brought David along. I almost said brought Brian along, but that's your son. That's weird. Um, <laughs> brought David along, and I just want him to be here just as a place, another, another someone to encourage you, to speak into you right now. And I, I hope you can receive it, man. I hope you can walk in it. And we want to be here to encourage you, call us, like whatever you need. And that's kind of what Jesus is laying out here. And then finally, and hopefully it never gets to this place, and I've never in my all years of ministry and living, going in, in the church, this never happened, uh, like I saw on YouTube. But like bring it before the church, right? That's kind of intense. Like I don't know if I like that kind of church, but that's the Jesus, that's the Jesus church, where there's such a unity and trust among the body where that could actually happen, right? Um, for this to really work, it's going to take two things. One, it's going to take... Um, genuine, genuine love in our heart and always be operating out of love. I'm not operating out of judgment. I'm not, I'm not operating out of anything except love for him, love for my brother in Christ and saying, man, I love you too much than to let you go down this road because I know where sin let me, led me and if I let you go down this road, you're going to pay for it. Your family's going to pay for it. Your kids are going to pay for it. And not in like a, a judgmental way, but there's consequences to sin. It's the reality of there's consequences to sin. And so that's really what Jesus is laying out here for us, is for us to, not, to operate in love, um, but also be walking in, in humility, where both of us, we're, willing, we're able to receive the truth, and we're able to, to go in, and not from a prideful, judgmental place, but just an honest place. So we just want to create a culture of healthy, healthy feedback, healthy, helpful feedback, you know, where, where I know, and, and we can't do that unless we're in community with one another. And most of us, we want to stay far from it, because we feel like as soon as we get closer, someone might see our junk. Yeah, that's kind of the point. of <laughs> I need somebody to see my junk. I need someone to take a flashlight and be like, dude, that's going to hurt you down the road. That's going to hurt you down the road. I need somebody to say, stop, slow down, and clean out the rock from your shoe, or else you're going to get gangrene on your, gangrene on your foot. At the end of this marathon, you're going to have to cut your leg off. You're not going to finish the race. That actually happened one time. <laughs> Someone started a marathon, they felt a pebble in their shoe, and they chose not to get the pebble out of their shoe right then. Or someone said, hey, just slow down. If your foot's hurting, just stop now. You're better off to stop now and keep your foot than run this race in your pride and think it's not going to cause a problem and have to lose your leg over it. Like some of that, there is consequences of this stuff. So we always want to operate with, in truth, which just says, I'm going to be honest no matter what. And always be operating in grace. says, I'm going to love you no matter what. Like, I'm going to be honest with you no matter what, and I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be here. I'm going to love you no matter what. So how are we going to respond to correction? Are we going to have that, that mentality to be able to receive it when a teammate speaks that life into us? Secondly, I think we need teammates who are going to um, pick us up when we fall down. Pick us up when we fall down. I think there's this, this, this truth here about spiritual encouragement, uh, that we need people to pick us up um, and and. and, and Paul paints for us this picture, and, and if we're flowing out of that place of love, um, then, then that flows naturally. I think for, for many of us, and I'll tell you, I'm not a natural encourager. Like, you ever met somebody, you could probably point to them in the room if you, if you know some people around here, 
who's a natural encourager. Like my wife is a natural, spiritually gifted encourager. It's nothing for her. Like it, it drives me crazy sometimes because I'm like, what? Like every single person we walk past, she's like, I just love your shoes. And like, like she's just encouraging everybody she goes around. Like she sees, she's like, I just love your hair. And like she's constantly recognizing the good in other people. And I, I, <laughs> I'm not that good at, at that. Um, but God has taught me. He's taught me through my wife. He's taught me through some incredible men in my life who are gifted encouragers. And I said, man, I want to be more like that. I want to be more like that. Because you know what? I, I, don't, I don't even know how many hundreds or thousands of people my wife has impacted through just being a constant, regular encourager. Just willing to pick others up when we fall down. Um, and, and Jesus actually gives us a word on that too. Actually, he, he speaks it through Paul. He says this, Galatians 6, 1. And he says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, who li- uh, if you, uh, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. It's just gentleness. It's, it, we'll go on and we'll talk a little more about encouragement in this next thought. But it's, it's gentleness. And, and the scriptures say that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And I, I've had to learn this as a parent. Maybe this is for someone here this morning. Um, like, I, I kind of want to come out of the gate being like, you need to repent, like, when I'm talking to my kids. Like, no, you know, I, I just want to, I act in my emotion. I'm act, I act in my anger. In the scriptures, Jesus has taught me, through my own relationship with him, it's his kindness that draws me to repentance. Like, me yelling at my son louder has not worked yet. <laughs> it hasn't. But I've seen something in our relationship grow when I'm just willing to sit down and go, hey man, let's go to the park and grab some ice cream and let's talk because you've got some anger issues like your daddy had. <laughs> you know, I've seen that be highly effective and I think it's because it's godly. I think it's, be godly. it's godly and, and, and for years as a parent, I didn't operate like that. Um, but God's taught me that it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. It's, it's gentle restoration that, that actually keeps us. And some of you, you will run out of church because someone not so gently tried to restore you. <laughs> right? You would have been running out of that church if that pastor was just not so gently speaking. But things may have been true, but he was doing it in a completely wrong way. Um, but you've got to watch yourself or you're, you're going to be tempted. Paul goes on in just this love for people that we would encourage them and speak life to them. It just comes out of that place of not just operating love, but, but love for that person that we would do this and we would encourage them like, to just build them up. And, you know, I think we always factor, like we, I don't think we think about it. I think it's very subconscious um, that when we encourage someone, when we build someone up, it's at, we actually feel like we're lower, but it, it's actually... Like we're lowering ourselves, but it's actually like building us up as we do it. It, it costs us nothing to encourage other people. And my encouragement to you today is, is just to build some honest relationships. To build some genuine, honest relationships because one day you're going to need them. One day you're going to need them. That day may not be today, it may not be tomorrow. Actually, you may be walking through a season right now where you need it. And you can kind of look back over the past year or 10 years or 5 years or whatever and say, man, I wish I would have built up some friends. I could really use them right now. Because I'm really down. And I need somebody to call me, and laugh with me, and go out for wings with me. I just need somebody to speak life into me, to speak God's word over me. I need that. And, and, and if you're in that place right now, hey, it's not too late. 
Like God's got you in a room with the family of God, and hopefully we're going to embody this. Like not that I've obtained all this, but I'm going to press on. Hopefully we're going to embody this walking in love and guaranteed all of us aren't going to be perfect about it, but we need to try. We need to strive. We need to press on and strain towards it. Let me just ask you a couple of questions here. How deep are your relationships going in a, on a percentage level? Who know, how many people know 50% of what you got going on in your life? How many people know 70% of what you got going on? 90? Who, who knows 99%? Does anybody know 100%? And for most of us, that's a pretty sobering thought. It's pretty sobering. Because for most of us, single folk, married folk, one of the saddest things to me is that in, in, in marriage, when the, the person that we, we sleep in bed next to doesn't know about 50% of what we're actually going through. That's, a, that's one of the loneliest places you'll ever be. When God has actually united us and brought us together to have someone to, who's, gonna, who's committed and say, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to tell you the truth no matter what, but I'm going to love you no matter what. And we can't, can't let them in all the way. Not, not everybody in this room needs to know 80%. Not everybody in this room certainly needs to know 99%, but somebody probably in this room or in your life needs to know 100% because it's going to be like that pebble. Let the, I, I love, and I, I've said this, I said it this morning in our serve team huddle, I'm just so thankful that over the past few weeks I've gotten probably three or four emails, which uh, in my inbox I'm calling like the modern day confessional. Um, and, and, and these emails have all been subject line the exact same thing. I just want to bring this to the light. And, and, and here in this room, um, across this room, we need to follow that example. Bring some things into the light and just speak life. And, and let, hey, if it's with your spouse, if it's with a best friend, bring some of this light. Hey, I'm, I've been struggling with this temptation. Hey, um, I, I've been looking at this girl uh, at work. I've been looking a little bit too close and a little bit too long. Come on, we, we need to get 100% honest and not be so guarded and afraid of what we're going to lose because we might lose way more than what we think we're going to lose in someone's respect in a tiny conversation where we, we admit that we've fallen short. Duh. Jesus said, all have fallen short, every single one of us. So that shouldn't be a surprise to any believer <laughs> that we've fallen short. Somebody needs to know 100%. I don't know who that is in your life, but somebody does. But let them in, because we're going to need them. So build those honest relationships. Last, last thought here. Uh, we need teammates who, who are going to call us out when we miss them. Our teammates who are going to pick us up <laughs> when we've fallen down. That's a good coach. That's not just going to correct you, but it's actually going to build you up. Right? It's kind of got to be both. But also, we need teammates in our life who are going to push us towards greatness in God's kingdom. Um, there, there's a guy here, uh, and I'm just going to brag on him. He's not here, so I'm not talking junk about him. I'm, I'm using him as an, a, a positive example. Uh, there's a guy named here. His name's uh, Giancarlo um, Del Valle. And when I got to know Giancarlo, I, just pray for him. Like his, his mom's going through a very, very serious battle with cancer, and he needs your prayers. But... Um, I, I began to meet with him one-on-one, just kind of have some one-on-one discipleship with him. And I loved, I loved the humility in my brother so much. And he's just been exemplary. And I'd love to just make an, a, a positive example of him because he says, I want you to push me toward greatness. 
There's always this humility and always this teachability. He said, I just want to be, I, I, I want to receive. I want to, I want to learn. I want to grow. And I'm just like, man, what an example for the body of Christ that just said, I, I want to be pushed to greatness in God's kingdom. Not greatness for my kingdom, but greatness in, in God's kingdom. Um, we see it in the text. So go back to the, the text for a second, and, and we'll see I'm pressing on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ. I'm straining, I'm pressing, I'm going for it. And for most of us, we're very passive in our growth. Like we're very passive, scrolling Facebook, and a nice quote encourages us, and that was our, that was our spiritual growth for today. <laughs> very passive growth. But like this idea of strain, like... <laughs> <laughs> Taryn's got me doing some Pilates and yoga this week. It's been fun. Um, and so there's this challenge going out, and, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's depressingly straining. I don't know if you've ever done Pilates or anything. Depressingly straining of how hard it is for me. Uh, but there was this little challenge I wanted to do, and uh, it took me a few times to do it, but I was able to do it. And I think it was because I'd been working on it. I'd been pressing through some pain that week to get to a place because I, I want to improve my physical condition. I want to improve my health. I think the same should be true of our own bodies, um, our own spiritual bodies. Um, you, you think of any time an Olympic champion has a, a chance after they're done or after the Super Bowl, what will happen tonight? They'll put the, you know, what do you think? And they'll talk about the game for a second. Like, I just want to thank the MVP. I just want to thank my mom. Thank my dad. I just want to thank my coaches. I want to thank my teammates, offensive line. You hear all this just thanking, thanking. Why? Because somebody was pushing them towards greatness. I couldn't have gotten here today. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you can probably look back right now, maybe, and look back and be like, there was one person, there's two people who was pushing me, who was spurring me on to greatness in God's kingdom. I love what Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25 says. Let us hold unswervingly, word of the week, unswervingly. Come on, just say it with me, unswervingly. Like, what an awesome word, it sounds crazy, but it's so powerful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Come on, we say it, we declare it in song, we declare it as we read the word, we we, we profess it, but, but are we laying, are we unswervingly hanging on to the hope in which, to, to the hope we profess? For he who promised is faithful. Most of our unswervingly comes because we've realized we're not perfect. And that's hard to, to grab a hold of. And, and, and our hope becomes unswerving when we fail. And, and we, we take our failure, we take our shame, in that, in our lack of perfection, and we kind of say, well, God's, God's not going to be faithful either because I've been faithful. And it's, we can hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised it is faithful. He's faithful. It's not, a, it's not about our perfection. It's his perfection that's even making us even some kind of example of his perfection. And, and let us consider this is for us this morning. This is how we're going to close. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Just think about that for a second. What can you do? What can I do this week to spur somebody on? As a teammate, what can I do to spur someone on towards love 
and good deeds. Right, for, for, I know for some of you in the room, this whole like following Jesus thing is a lot. It's a lot to grab a hold of. There's a lot I feel like I need to sort through and healing on. And Come on, let's just let's get narrow focus here. How can I spur someone on towards love and good deeds? Very simply. How can I get, just push them towards greatness, towards the love of God, the good deeds that we see flowing that should flow through a believer out of humility and not out of performance? Like how, how can we just spur one another on towards that? Not, not meeting up, not uh, forgetting, and not uh, giving up on meeting together. There's something about proximity. There's something about when you get in a room with like-minded people who are focused on the same thing in which can rock our world. So he's not saying this to be like, hey, make sure you keep doing this religious check mark every week where you come and you feel better about yourself. After No. I think he's saying, hey, when we're together, we have an opportunity to spur one another on towards greatness in God's kingdom. I think that's the heart of what he's saying here, not be a religious do-gooder. He's saying, no, like, care about the people you're around and spur one another on. Build each other up. And most of us, we're, we're all in our head and we're all in our own space. And it, it's not just about us. God's set us in the middle of a family of God. God set us in the middle of the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter if you're the hand or the liver. Prominence doesn't equal significance in the kingdom of God. You're a part of the body and you matter to Jesus and you matter to the body. Some are in the habit of doing that though. We got just me and Jesus on our own thing. But encouraging one another. We're not gonna we're just gonna get together, we're gonna encourage one another. For most of us, when we think about, hey, it's Sunday, we're gonna gather, hey, it's small group nights, Thursday, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gather. Most of us it's like, man, I need God to speak to me. I need God to do this. And I need God to do this. And I, man, I, need, I need this so bad. And that's okay. That, it is okay. But, but that's, that's about that deep of what it means to gather. That's about that deep of what it means to gather. That, that's just surface level. Me, me, me. I'm just going to find a church who meet my needs and what the body of Christ is about. It's about us caring for others' needs. It's about us caring to build somebody up in love and good deeds. It's about us coming to encourage one another. Let us do it. And I tell you what, if we start getting a lot of that going around, and we got a lot of it going around, but if we get a lot more going around, it's going to be a lot easier to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because we got people encouraging us, cheering us on calling us into correction and they're spurring us on towards greatness. Just a final thought here. Final thought. Um, I believe that growth within the body of Christ happens through posture and proximity. Through posture and proximity. What kind of posture do we need to take in order to grow? I think we need to take one like Paul said. Not that I've obtained all this. I'm, I'm not kind of sitting in the past of when I am the cause of that person who, I'm not, I'm not staying in the past. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for that. 
So I'm going to posture myself in a place of humility to learn and encourage and grow and build up because it costs me nothing and it gives me everything. And not just posture, but proximity. I don't get in better shape if I don't go to the gym. I mean, you can work outside, you know what I mean. But unless I get in the proximity. And like, we're launching groups today. Big surprise, been talking about it for weeks. Got a tailgate party after service, gonna be cool. Grab some food, connect with group leaders, and figure out a group that's near you. Um, but this week, you're gonna have an opportunity. They're all over the city, they're on different nights of the week, on the weekend, all kinds of different things. Um, and you got an opportunity to do it yourself this, this next three, four months, or to put yourself in some proximity to see some growth. I want to put myself around people who are going to spur me on towards love and good deeds. And so my challenge to you is just, come on, get the right posture, get the right proximity, and God's going to do more in your life, I think, in the next three months, in the next year, than what you could even fathom. Yes, bonus points. Um, which you can even fathom, which you can even understand, which you can even comprehend, God will do. If we'll posture ourselves in a place of humility and say, yes, God, I want more. And, and put ourselves in a proximity for him to speak through his people.